Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome to all the monks and novices and blessings to all the laity. Today we will study Dhamma on the topic of overcoming obstacles. What is it like to overcome obstacles? Obstacles are that which obstructs and hinders in the leading of one's life, of education, work and duties, or in relationships with those around us. If we do not know how to fix them, to let go, or know how to overcome our problems, then we will be unable to reach our life goals. And we all have these obstacles inherent within ourself. Ever since we were in our mother's womb, we had to fight with various obstacles until we were able to be born and open our eyes and see the world. It wasn't easy and we had to pass many obstacles. Both our parents had their own obstacles coming up, but they were able to overcome these obstacles passing them with their children. For the mother, she had to sustain her womb with all her life and mind, in order for the child in her womb to be able to survive. Even at times, she had great difficulties. Her mind was distraught and had much suffering, but she endured so that she could overcome obstacles and had success in giving birth to her child. Therefore, we must not be discouraged. We must try to overcome various obstacles. We must overcome these obstacles because we have already overcome them ever since our birth. The suffering that we receive, we are unable to force the end of all of it. This is because all suffering has causes and conditions which lead it to arise. Unless we can end the causes and conditions, only then we will be able to have no suffering. So, true happiness is the wisdom that can see correctly according to reality. If there is no wisdom, one will suffer forever, just like that. They have great wealth, but they suffer, because suffering arises from the heart. Some people have obstacles. They suffer because of blame from others. This blame is a Dhamma that the Lord Buddha taught us to learn from and to understand. Because when people are born, they will have to meet with blame. Even the Lord Buddha himself met with blame, much more than anyone else. So he said that there is no person that is not blamed in the world. We can see Those with a lot of merit are blamed a lot. People with little merit are blamed a little. As for the Buddha, it wasn't just people blaming him. Sometimes they cursed the Buddha in front of him, and for many days too. He had to receive it fully, but he could overcome this obstacle of people who blamed him. In his heart he was not attached to the words of praise or blame, but those who blamed him would end up defeating themselves. This subject is not about merit or goodness in a future life. 
it is a natural law. If we are born, then we would definitely be blamed. This is normal and common. Both blame and praise are common to people of this world. All the inhabitants of the world born will have to meet with this blame and praise for sure. But both blame and praise can have no effect on us. If we are a good person, then we have to be firm in our goodness. If they blame us that we are a bad person, then we don't be bad following what they have said. If we are a bad person and they praise and flatter us as a good person, then we still aren't good following what they have said. Therefore, good or bad is the result of one's own actions. So do not pay attention to blame and praise. That is, we aren't interested in the praise that we are good and we don't care for the blame that we are bad. Venerable Ajahn Chah taught something worth listening to. He said, if they say we are bad, then we should see whether we are bad like what they said. If we are like that, then we change ourselves and improve. If someone says we have a tail, are we going to get angry with him? We can look at ourselves and see if we have a tail. If we have no tail, then why should we suffer? Why are we angry with that person? The person who said that we are like this, then they are someone who saw it wrong. They said it wrongly. So let us contemplate and be firm and believe in our good deeds. And there is two easy to remember ways that we can think in order to overcome our obstacles and problems. You can use these yourself and also share this with others as well. The first way is to make goals bigger than all the problems. If we see the problem as already being very big, then we won't be able to overcome it. We need to have a bigger goal than that problem. If we have a bigger goal than that problem, we will be able to overcome that problem. Or if that problem is a small object and there is a big glass in front of it, then it will be able to hide the problem. Because of this, we need to try to have a bigger goal. Some people may say that creating big goals is greed. But in reality, it isn't. Setting big goals is human nature to gain success. There is no human being in this world who has set a small goal and they are able to achieve a big goal. For example, a person sets a goal that they just want to finish third grade. There is no one who sets the goal of just finishing third grade and then graduates with a bachelor's degree. There isn't. It's impossible. Because we set the goal for only third grade. If we set the goal that we would graduate with a bachelor's degree or master's degree, then we have to try to graduate with a bachelor's or master's degree. But if you don't get a master's degree, then you will still have got a bachelor's degree. You can notice that there is no one setting small goals and achieving big results. We need to set big goals first. Dhamma practice is the same. We set the ultimate goal, Nibbana, and we try to practice Dhamma. We may be able to get a little Samadhi concentration or Samadhi which is quite firm and has a little bit of wisdom, 
and this will develop one from an ordinary human being to a good person. Or our mind is a manusa dewo. The body is a human being, but the mind is like a dewa, a heavenly being. And this is through setting high goals first, and then trying to practice towards that goal. One day, we will be able to develop our minds to reach the ultimate goal of Nibbāna. Studying is like this. Set yourself a high goal first, and then try to be diligent to be able to reach it. As for the second way, it is to make yourself like a stream of water. Why does one have to be like a stream of water? Because in reality, a person's life has a beginning, which is birth, and a life has an end, which is death. We don't know when our death will come, but we definitely will have a day we have to die, because life is uncertain and death is a certainty. Therefore, our human life is like a stream of water originating from the mountain. From its origin, it then gradually flows through various small to large streams, through rock cliffs, and then to the sea, and then to the ocean. And this is the end of life. We can't tell if it's fast or slow, but it will get there for sure. But the important thing is that whenever you try to be like a stream of water, then when you encounter a stone, you will be able to pass it. When you encounter a big stone, then you can deflect it to get past it. And it's not necessary to destroy every stone that we pass by. So we don't have to solve every single problem in the world. Like when we meet with bad people, we don't have to harm that person. We just don't associate with them. We avoid them. When we encounter obstacles that we cannot resolve, then we have equanimity. That is when we avoid it, we let it pass. Because the results of one survey found that 80-90% to 90% of the problems we will face in the world are problems that we can overcome. They are problems or obstacles that we can avoid and escape from. And often problems that arise from other people are the ones that we can't fix. We are not going to be able to change their character or the way that their business or organization is run. But these make up only 10%. But the other obstacles or problems we can fix in ourselves and they are easy to solve as well. Now let's have a look at what is the Dhamma that we should apply to conquer all kinds of obstacles. We already know that the mind is the master and our body is the servant. However important this body is, it's still just a tool to do the things that the mind commands. Then we may ask, what is the master of the mind? The answer is our habits. Because it is what we think, say and do repeatedly until we become used to it. It makes us more likely to think, speak and do it again. It makes our mind go that way without us knowing. Whoever builds good habits, this is equivalent to creating a machine that works automatically, that creates happiness and success in our life. But whoever has built bad habits, this is equivalent to creating an automatic machine that creates suffering and failure for our life always. 
So if this is the case, what are the good habits that we should cultivate in ourselves so that it brings ourselves to success? The principles that the Lord Buddha has taught has many Dhamma qualities, but if we can come to practice five of these, then we will experience happiness and success forever, all through this life to the next life until Nibbana. The first thing is to train to develop the habit of being a person of strong faith. Be committed and have faith in learning, studies, work, duties and Dhamma practice. The more one's faith is firm, the higher the chance of success in life. Because after having faith, we have to follow that up with diligent effort. If our faith falls and we have no effort, then we have to try to build up our faith again, so that we make our faith firmly established and can come back to the same level or even more than before. The second habit is sila, keeping moral precepts. In Dhamma practice, this is either the five precepts or the eight precepts. For the novices, the ten precepts. For the monks, the 227 precepts. It is a discipline within ourselves according to our different livelihoods. The most important foundation of discipline is about time. We have to be able to manage our own time. We can divide our time well. What do you do each day? Whoever can manage their time will be able to accomplish everything. In one day, we have the same 24 hours. But a person with discipline in their time can work many times more than others. If it's a student, those who plan, they can study books regularly all through the semester until the examinations, their academic results will be much better. So right here, when we know how to manage time, we are diligent and give up laziness, then we will succeed in our studies. The third principle is listening. The people who will succeed must train to have a character who is able to search for knowledge and learning. We will notice that the people who really love to read, they will be successful. Wherever they go, they find a book to take with them. In the classroom, they love to learn. They are enthusiastic, not dull. Even if they are tired and want to rest, they will still review their study material and they will be successful in studying, in their work, in Dhamma practice. That is, they have diligent effort. And even if the conditions are not as favorable as others, but every person is able to build this diligent effort one can create a lot more effort than other people can. Diligence in reading, diligence in listening, diligence in learning. Building this enthusiasm, one will be able to create this as a habit and a favorable cause. So no matter in what work, this will be the investment in one's life that will drive one to success. The fourth is sacrificing to share with others. Another meaning of this is renouncing bad, unwholesome moods and emotions. We have to give them up, not holding on to a bad mood and letting it discourage us. For expired items, expired medicine, expired food, we see the drawbacks in it and we don't store it. Then, the bad mood in one's heart that is rotten, 
spoiled, ruined, why do we store it up? We store it up more than we store external items that we will consume or eat. So the bad moods and emotions, we must quickly throw it away from our hearts as soon as possible. Successful people do not take these matters to affect one's mood, to the extent where even if there are people who ridicule us, blame us, curse us, and different unpleasant things, but we remain indifferent. We are only focused on what we need to do to gain success. This is abandoning that is within the heart. The fifth quality is wisdom. You have to be able to practically apply the knowledge you have learnt. This is important. Sometimes people have studied, read and learnt, but to be able to use that knowledge, this needs to be a truly intelligent person. When one reads, listens and learns, this is someone who knows the textbooks. But to really put it into use, it must come from the actual practice, putting it into real action, and this will gain real results. If it's Dhamma practice, this is chanting, meditation, investigating the body as the earth element, water element, fire element, and wind element. Sit meditation consistently every day. Even if you have any problems, or you feel tired and exhausted, but you can meditate and overcome all obstacles and mental hindrances until your mind can be calm. Doing meditation, we must pass over the mental distractions, worry, doubt, restlessness, dullness, liking of all things, anger and ill will. We have to pass these in order to have samadhi, concentration, and develop it into wisdom. Understand the cause that leads to suffering to arise. We will put down attachments and then suffering will decrease accordingly. This is the wisdom that comes from Dhamma practice and meditation. We have to do it consistently and have perseverance. Maintain this perseverance. Keep our faith firm. And ultimately, we will have the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha in our hearts. Therefore, learning Dhamma like this we are able to overcome obstacles and hindrances. We will be ones who wake up early and sleep just the right amount, not too much and do not find happiness in sleep. But wake up to study and learn, wake up to be diligent in work and in one's Dhamma practice and meditation. As long as we have not yet ended the mental defilements, haven't entered Nibbāna, we are still going through the cycle of birth and death then we have to be diligent in building goodness, that is, building dana, sila, bhavana, giving morality and meditation to the fullest. When you have it full, then when you hear the teachings of the Lord Buddha, just like the wealthy sannyasa, then you will succeed in becoming a sotapanna, stream-enterer, without difficulty. So may you keep building parami, spiritual qualities. May you be able to overcome all your obstacles and all suffering to reach your ultimate goal. May you all have peace and happiness. May you grow in blessings.